You're listening to I Have Some Notes, a podcast supported by listeners like you. To contribute, visit patreon.com slash I Have Some Notes. Okay, Liam, here's a pitch. A cute contemporary romantic comedy, maybe starring Meg Ryan? I wouldn't call that contemporary. It's very 90s. Okay, what about a parody movie that lampoons all recent horror movies? That's already been done, and the trend peaked in the 2000s. How about we adapt a trilogy of young adult sci-fi novels into a four-film series? All the good ones and not-so-good ones got made in the 2010s. Have you been living under a rock? Okay, okay, what about a superhero action adventure that takes place across multiple timelines and alternate dimensions? Even that premise is extremely played out, and we aren't even halfway through this decade. I have some notes. Welcome, everyone, to I Have Some Notes, the movie podcast with cuts, keeps, punch-ups, and tweaks on mediocre movies. I'm your host, Liam Kreswick. I'm Scott C. Bourgeois. And I'm Greg Beaver. And today we are discussing the 2023 film, The Flash. The Flash. Gang, strike is over. Superhero movies are back. On the menu, <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Finally, we can we can get those uh, those hits on our content again. Yes. <laughs> Movies people have seen. Yeah, I like yeah. to think that we encourage people to watch some of the movies that we cover, though. I would hope so, but also, yeah. you know, it's fun to it's familiar things are fun. That's why they keep making these things. Yeah. Love yeah. what's familiar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, judging judging by the number of comments that we got on this movie, the the uh, everyone's pretty excited to to be. Getting back to fixing some blockbuster trash. Yeah, back to our bread and butter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and who boy does this one really uh, el- like elicit a lot of comments? Because there's so <laughs> there's so many things to to remark on. <laughs> <laughs> this is a remarkable movie. Yeah. It is. You know what? Let's give it that. The Flash, 2023, <laughs> remarkable film. Yeah, put that poll quote on uh, on the box. <laughs> Remarkable. Oh. I have some notes. <laughs> uh, yeah, this uh, this was a uh, fun. I deliberately didn't watch it because I figured we'd have to do it for the podcast eventually, and I'm very glad because I don't know that I have an interest in watching this a second time. Yeah, I deliberately didn't watch it because I generally don't watch bad movies if we're not watching them for the podcast. <laughs> well, I think this one was sitting at around like 70% for on Rotten Tomatoes. So if I had an interest, I could have probably been convinced, but I was mm. I've been I've been so burned out as as I think the listeners already know on uh, on superhero <laughs> movies, so I was like, no way, not watching any of these unless I've got to do it for the show. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, don't say we. I don't make any sacrifices for you. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I Whereas, find it amusing oh. that we uh, we kept teasing up that we were going to do Ant Man Quantumania, and instead <laughs> we did the other big terrible multiverse movie. Yeah, and it's not even going to be the next one. You'll have to wait till twenty twenty four for Ant Man. <laughs> 
If you really, really want Ant-Man, uh, hit us up on social media, on our Discord. But also, you know there's other movies than superhero movies, right? Yeah, yeah we did. We did a few of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I am not fully uh, in superhero fatigue. I still am saving. I'm saving all my stamina uh, for, for Marvel. I haven't given up on that yet. Amanda and I went and saw um, Marvel's in a theater. Um, Friday night, second weekend it was out. There were six people in the theater. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I might not be done with them, but I think everybody else is. <laughs> that I don't movie know that had an unfortunate, like, a precipitous drop in its second weekend. Like, almost yeah. historic. So, it, it, I, I, that one, uh, even I'm confused by that because, I mean, it's people who have seen it seem to uh, like it well enough. Um, yeah. So, I'm not sure why the drop off was, was that bad. Usually, usually if people like it, there's, you know, some lift from some word of mouth, but... It's it's weird too. I don't feel that that's necessarily just a superhero fatigue thing. Um, as I understand it, just theaters have been kind of ghost towns for the last like yeah. year. Outside of the Barbenheimer thing during the summer, which got a lot of people excited to go to the theater and did huge numbers, nothing's really been like big since then, and uh, nothing's really been drawing people out to theaters, which is sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it might be. Um just an overall malaise of the types of movies that we've been getting, which is, I mean, very samey. So for the blockbuster affair, um, mm-hmm. they all, do they not, This maybe it's just me, they all kind of feel like the same movie, do they not? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So, so when Barbenheimer showed up, I think everyone was like, oh, uh, both of these are quite different. I'm very interested. And I'm going to go. And, and I think there was some renown around, obviously, the property of Barbie, but also, you know, uh, the institution <laughs> that is that is uh, Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I just I kind of dread watching just about any blockbuster right now because there's there's something there's some sort of um, I, I don't know, is it, it it's the corporateness of them all right now. And, and that's something I'm going to get into later about this movie that just. Um, it feels it feels so artificial and forced um, uh-huh. in a yeah that uh, just makes me want to check out pretty quickly with a lot of this stuff. Yeah, it 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 feels hollow. It feels like there's the vision behind them aren't artistic vision. It's some kind of marketing vision. It's some kind mm-hmm. of big picture tentpole film series return on your investment vision. Whereas like, yes, Barbie is a brand, but like as much, as much of a pull as the name Barbie was Greta Gerwig, I uh, just the like kind of indie hype around that was, was part of the draw. And I think people were just drawn to the movies that had original artistic vision and not hollow nonsense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, to Barbie's credit, it had a it had a fantastic trailer. I think that immediately spoke to people that this wasn't just going to be another property film. It 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 it's, it seemed to immediately have a voice, and that came through even in the trailer, which is in the tra- to, yeah to, to the movie's credit, right? Um, but speaking of movies uh, without much of a voice, uh, thanks director of the Flash, Andy Muschietti from It and It Chapter 2, uh, written by Christina Hodson uh, of Birds and Prey and Bumblebee fame. Which and those based are two on, pretty good movies. 
Um, yeah. So I'm not sure. Is what Bumblebee good? <laughs> I yeah, it is actually. It's the best Transformer movie. Damn. Okay. <laughs> All right. Sold. Um, so I I actually do recommend it. It's a it's actually a pretty good time. Yeah, and Birds of Prey was dope. Um, and of course, this film is based on the famous comic book character Quicksilver. Uh, the cast is Ezra Miller as Barry Allen, aka The Flash, Michael Keaton as Batman Bruce Wayne. Hey, that's the name of my cat. Uh, Sasha Kell. Wait, Kelly? is your cat is your cat named Batman Bruce Wayne? He's named Bruce <laughs> Wayne. <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> um, Sasha Kelly as Kara Zorel, Michael Shannon as General Zod, Maribel Verdu as Nora Allen, and Ron Livingston as Henry Allen. Uh, I took most of the movie to be like, oh yeah, the guy from Office Space. The guy yeah, from I Office Space. I I had the same thing. Like partway through the movie, it, I was. It I was wasn't like, until that guy he was getting- so familiar. It wasn't until he was getting off the hook for his crime at the end of the movie. I was like, oh, the office space guy. I, I clued in about the time that we saw the younger version of him in the past. And I was like, oh, it's the office space guy. <laughs> so I think like just overall impressions of this one. Um, how, how did how did everybody feel? Uh, I'll start because I think I'm the most positive on it. It was too long, but fine. Um Whereas I, I would describe the Marvels as almost too short and fine. So that's why the Marvels is infinitely a better movie than this. Um, <laughs> better, yeah, better to this get was, in and get out quick than, uh, yeah. than beleaguer the point. Please, yeah. movie studios, for the love of God, d- give me a 90-minute movie. Especially mm-hmm. if it's an action movie. <laughs> I don't want to sit and watch a two-and-a-half-hour of the Flash movie. <laughs> yeah, the irony of the Flash being in a super long movie that just keeps dragging just a slog just an absolute slog um but overall i left it entertained um i didn't i think i'm in the minority i did not find this character barry allen or even young barry allen as annoying and obnoxious as everybody else did um but that i I realized that's a i'm in a minority but overall i left the film mostly entertained and then as the more I thought about it, I was like, no, that was all very stupid. <laughs> what, what about you guys? What was your takeaway? Um, I'm, I was pretty mad on it. Um, I'm probably closer to where you landed on it, where it's fine. It wasn't, it wasn't like unwatchably bad. There were definitely mm-hmm. things in it that I, I enjoyed. There were some moments that like the, where the comedy hit there were some cool things that i that i enjoyed some nice ideas that were played with but overall it was just kind of like meh i've i've kind of seen this all before yeah 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 a couple moments that hit a couple jokes that land but overall yeah greg i hated it (laughs) (laughs) um this is this one is a weird one because uh it's a movie that gets the heart right but everything else around it uh is a big mess um like interesting take yeah actually damn yeah like barry's relationship with his uh mother and the theme of loss and acceptance and like I, i track that all very well and and there are a couple really good scenes that are um written beautifully and really really work in 
that would be great if it weren't surrounded by all this superhero schmoz that makes a big mess of everything. Um, and it's really, it's really unfortunate to me. Like, if, you know, and I definitely feel like there's, there's like, you can definitely feel the corporate hands in this one, you know? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I mean, there's, there's no, there's no more movie studio scene than I've ever, ever seen in my entire life than that final convergence of timelines scene with like yeah. the, the, the spheres Oh, of, the disco balls of alternate disco dimensions. Ball. Yeah, that like they like those like those disco balls like literally look like they have film strips in them. And like, yeah, it's just I was. Yeah, I've never I've never seen anything uh, so slimily corporate in a movie before. And it was absolutely disgusting. If it wasn't in it, maybe this movie gets like a two and a half stars for me, three stars or whatever. But like that just dragged everything into the gutter. Oh yeah. It, it, that was, that scene was the most egregious. I, I'm almost tempted to have Scott do the, the plot summary now. Cause I, I want to really belabor how bad that particular scene yeah. was. So yeah. <laughs> um, let's, right uh, let's catch everybody up on the off chance. You haven't seen this particular film. Tell me something. You can go anywhere. Another timeline. Another universe. So why do you want to stay and fight to save this one? Because this is the world where my mom lives. I'm not going to lose her again. If you were to go into the past, you have no idea what the consequences can be. Bruce, I could fix things. You could also destroy everything. This can't be happening. I completely broke the universe. Sorry. We've been waiting for you. I created a world with no metahumans. And now there's no one to defend us. Want some help? Oh. You're... You are... Yeah. I'm Batman. Barry Allen isn't just a quippy Spider-Man wannabe member of the Justice League, he's also a superhero of his own repute. He saves babies, for example. Lots of creepy CGI babies. But he also misses his mommy, who died when he was a 10-year-old baby. Barry's dad caught the blame for her death after a home invasion was mistaken for domestic violence, and he remains in the slammer to this day. Using his The Flash powers, Barry one day randomly runs so fast he travels through time to the day of his mother's murder. Upon preventing her death, The Flash runs back to his own times, but is interrupted by an evil time traveler. Who is this mysterious figure? Don't worry about it. No one else seems to. Barry returns home to discover his mom is still alive, but he also arrived a little too early and runs into himself as an obnoxious teenager. Turns out he's arrived the very day he gets his powers. Concerned if young Barry doesn't get zapped by lightning in the past, he'll lose his powers in the present. Barry convinces himself to get struck by a massive thunderbolt. 
it does not go well. Young Barry gets his powers, but Old Barry loses them. To make matters worse, this is also the day General Zod arrives to pound the Earth with his terraforming engine. But Superman isn't around to stop him. In fact, none of the Justice Leaguers seem to exist. Well, except for one, Batman. But not that Batman, this Batman, an older Batman, who says all the things you remember from those old Batmans. Yeah, everyone clap now. Bruce Wayne explains that the studios demanded a multiverse movie, so that's what The Flash is now experiencing. They go to find Superman, who's presumably been locked up in a Russian gulag, except gasp, it's a lady. After some convincing, Kara Zor-El helps Barry get his powers back and joins them in the fight against Zod. Batman and Kara die in the fight, but young Barry is convinced he can just go back in time and save them. No matter how many times he tries, though, it never works. Finally, reality breaks down and the universe fragments into a cavalcade of CGI cameos, just as Stephen Hawking predicted. Obsessed young Barry turns out to have been the evil time guy all along. In the end, Barry must kill both his younger self and his mom to restore the multi-timeverse. And maybe learn a lesson about letting go or something. Who knows? Now, if that seemed like a very long-winded plot summary, I'm going to point out there are several plot beats that we skipped over. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, when we said this movie is a slog, we were not joking. Yeah. So you, you wanted to get into the, the globes of multiverse. Yeah, because that's, that's <laughs> the thing that I got really hung up on, specifically the Nicolas Cage Superman movie, because it, <laughs> the, the, at one point as he's seeing like black and white Superman, he's seeing Christopher Reeve Superman, he's seeing Adam West Batman, yada yada, <clears throat> they show Nick, uh, CG terribly CGI'd Nicolas Cage as Superman in the never made Death of Superman movie. Tim killing Burton. a giant spider, killing a giant spider. As much discussed in the Kevin Smith bit, as much discussed in the documentary about this movie that never got made, and it is audacious that they not only tried to pull the thing No Way Home does, which is retroactively tie old movies into this multiverse movie instead of creating multiversal iterations on the base reality they've presented. But now they're doing it with movies that don't even exist. (laughs) It it was unhinged. I'm like, who is this for? This is just for me. Yeah, this is a kind of it's me. Yeah, it's a meme. Good. Oh, it was. So it got me thinking about multiverse movies. And I want to lay a little bit of a theory on you guys, like really what a good multiverse movie needs. I ended up realizing, th- or not realizing, this movie, The Flash, made me like like Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness more and Spider-Man No Way Home less. Because at least to its credit, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness presents a base reality and then creates new iterations on that base reality. We don't go into other movies We don't go into other works. We don't go into comic book storylines or video game storylines. All of the multiversal threads in Multiverse of Madness are wholly original. They have little references like Black Bolt's there and and the guy from The Office is Reed Richards, whatever. But those are all unique universes to that movie. That is also why Everything Everywhere All at Once is very, very good. The best multiverse movie ever made. Uh, there's also a great movie called Coherence. If you've never seen Coherence, check it out. It is it is also probably one of the most well-executed multiverse movies. And so what I realized is th- th- this, this premise only works 
the same way a good time travel premise works, where you're riffing on this base reality. The second you start pulling other things in to try to make a fake reality, it's not guaranteed to be bad, but it's diminishing returns. So like everything, everywhere, all at once, top of the list, right? Then you got, you know, like Doctor Strange, the new Loki series where like it's they're still going to to new original timelines and things. Into the Spider-Verse, across the Spider-Verse, they're pulling from the comics, they're pulling from video games, but you don't actually need to know like who Ben Riley is or who Spider-Ham is to appreciate those. Yeah? Do you agree? Yeah. Agreed. Yep. Lego Batman is another one where like the Joker gets Voldemort and King Kong to come help you know, fuck up Batman. If you had never heard of Sauron, you could still enjoy that movie, but kind of like, okay, now that's a bit of a stretch. Like you're adding, you know, Harry Potter into this Batman movie. And then the bottom of the barrel is like no way home and the flash though. No way home definitely does it better. It's, it's still down in the mud, taking these old movies that are just nostalgia bait and everyone already kind of likes them and forcing them into this multiversal <laughs> premise and it sucks it, it you can't do that and you definitely can't do that with movies you never even goddamn made so going forward i'm only watching multiverse movies that just have iterations on the base reality <laughs> holy shit that's the only way that premise is meaningful story-wise so there uh, you yeah. go that's my little rant. i guess at <laughs> least at least no way home had um had Heart. some way of weaving in the metatextualness of it into the the plot itself, um, but like uh, much like these spheres of film reels that we saw, like the mm-hmm. ending of No Way Home really soured me on that movie because at the time Sony was getting their rights back to Spider Man, so the they kind of retcon the the Tom Holland Spider-Man reset him so that he can be used by whoever ha- whoever gets the rights next and I just could see like the yeah. the deals being made as I'm watching the movie and I'm just like I don't like this this is I, I just I just want a good movie for movie's sake I don't want them to be setting up their next movie because they can't figure yeah. they can't decide who gets to do a Spider-Man movie um and this yeah, it's it yeah it's gross. And it, and it's also like weird that there's already even a different Spider-Man movie doing it better by not reminding you of other movies you like. Yeah. Yeah. The uh the Spider-Verse uh movies are are having um much more fun while you know showing you lots of different versions of Spider-Man that and some you might recognize but some you don't. Um but there it's not you know, it's not a situation where you're just being asked to enjoy it because you recognize it. You know? Exactly. That's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. And yeah, they, I've, I've got some, I've got some minor complaints about, uh, across the, the, the spider verse, but uh, that we'll get into later just cause it's sort of related to how I feel about how this, this movie handles time travel and multiverses. But, um, overall, like, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a very, 
uh, a movie that you can feel a whole lot of love in it and just like you, artistry just like this is a movie you mm-hmm. know there's there's people who care and about the the production and the design and the and the characters themselves yeah. and things like that um you don't you don't you don't really feel that here and especially in that in that global time mashing scene is where <laughs> everything breaks down and like when we when you started this you were you kicked it off with the Nicolas Cage thing the thing that really bugged me about that um Nicolas Cage scene is that it went on for so long um and it had to do that for a few reasons because it had to set up this whole um spider thing right and then it wanted to give you uh, a little reveal of Nicolas Cage so you you couldn't just get Christopher Reeve and George Reeve. You had to get this longer scenes to tell people what you were doing. Yeah. <laughs> so and it and it, so it goes on for an eternally long time. And like we're all seeing all these different versions of Superman, but like this is a Flash movie. So like what, we're not yeah. seeing <laughs> we're not seeing any versions of the Flash. And the reason we're not seeing any version of the Flash is because the WB doesn't have as many versions of the Flash to show us. So they just decided that fuck it we'll just show them a whole bunch of <laughs> supermans uh because we want people to clap when they see things that they recognize and it's yeah. and it's totally superfluous even within the scene that it's in because like it's not like all of these cameo characters come and help him save the day or anything they just no. literally stand there passively and watch and and watch for a moment his stuff is unfolding and yeah. it's it's a it's it's just a you're exactly right it's a cavalcade of cameos that don't yeah. actually serve the story in any way. Like, it would be more interesting if Christopher Reeve Superman popped out of his timeline and punched a bad guy. Like, yeah, that doesn't, but that yeah. doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. especially because Christopher Reeve Superman fucks with time in his movie. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. So it's, I'd almost, in fact, I'd even forgive some of the crappy CGI if you know they came out, or also maybe not, because pretty much also everyone we see in the Disco Balls thing, save for Nicolas Cage, is dead. Which is gross, and like they they don't they didn't yeah. sign off to have their their image used. It's the same problem I had with Harold Ramis at the end of uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Like, don't do that, please. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for me, it's a problem with the cons- consent. Like, I yeah. like yeah. it doesn't it doesn't really matter to me. That, like, oh the you know the the estate gave them permission. <laughs> like, oh, well, the estate. Well, you know that the person was a person. And I like you don't just get to, you know, use their their likeness and their voice or whatever uh, to to do whatever you want with it. Um, Yeah, yeah, I had a problem with that in Star Wars Rogue One, too. Yeah. Um, And here's the thing, like a character can outlive an actor. Um, James Bond has been famously played by a cavalcade of men over the years and nobody bats an eye over it i don't see why you can't just recast a character you couldn't have someone else play egon in a ghostbusters movie sure why not yeah why not he's not harold ramis originated the role but he's not the be-all end-all of that character the character doesn't have to die with him um and you can do the same thing here Uh, you can do the same thing anywhere you can have different people play you can you could have like Brandon Ruth played basically the Christopher Reeve Superman in his Superman movie. Like that's essentially who he was playing. It was, it was being set up as kind of a sequel to that series. You could have had him show up as Superman and it would have been the Christopher Reeve Superman, quote unquote. Like it's fine. 
you could have done is not worried about the actor because then it pulls you right out of it. Then you're thinking about the business of making movies. What if they had been like, oh, here's a timeline where it's Caveman Superman and where it's yeah. Ska, ska <laughs> Batman and where it's, you know. Or pull, sc- pull from the comics. Diver, have like, they yeah. go to Russia, have Soviet Superman from, from yeah, Superman Yeah, show me Red different Sun. like. Yeah, Rand, random ass alternate universes where it's like, oh, it's Hot Dog Finger, The Flash, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, hmm. yeah, they it it was lazy and pandering and didn't serve the story really. It was just to show a bunch of old nostalgia stuff. Yeah, so we've covered that five minutes of the movie. Uh, there's still two <laughs> hours and twenty five minutes more to pull. Oh apart. God. Oh, God. I, wanted, I wanted to ask you both about um, this f- movie's concept of time travel and uh, and I guess also multi- multiversal travel. Mm-hmm. Like, I think both of you, uh, I guess I sh- should just sort of tell people what it is that they haven't seen it. But like this movie posits that, that unlike in something like Back to the Future where you go back in time change something and create a, a fork in time altering the future. Yeah. It, it posits that like changes to the timeline, create an entirely new timeline with its own unique past as well as future. Well, what he's suggesting is that uh, what Batman kind of describes, and I kind of liked it. It was an interesting uh, look at, at a time travel theory is that mm-hmm. you have a multiverse and it's like a bowl of spaghetti and the spaghetti, some spaghetti crosses over other spaghetti. Some spaghetti runs parallel to some spaghetti. Some spaghetti doesn't even come close. Like it's totally dissociated, but it all overlaps in this tangle. And when you time travel, you're actually stepping between strands of spaghetti. And sometimes you end up on a piece of spaghetti that's very close to your spaghetti. So it's not all that different, but sometimes you end up on one that's just crossed over, but has a completely different past as well. And that's Mm -hmm. where you end up in the multiverse. So you can't really time travel. You can only really multiverse travel in this version. But they are quite like time traveling. Yeah, it's inconsistent. (laughs) No, but it kind of just tries to have the best of both worlds. Like this idea that, if you go back and change something, you don't create a fork, you create an intersection where mm. a bunch of different things would have had to have occurred for you to zig when you zagged in your timeline. You only get a zag timeline if Michael Keaton's Batman in your universe, right? Like, And I, I liked it, that idea on paper. I think it's one of the first times I've seen an original take on time travel mechanics and then it is squandered. Kind of, yeah. Extremely squandered. Uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I I agree that it's an interesting concept, but I, I think um, the effect of it is, like, uh, the for me as an audience member, like, the, the way that Barry can affect the timeline becomes much less clear to me. And, like... Because it, it, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily feel like oh he could just go back and and like this is what he does but he, he you know he he changes he changes the that uh, he saves his mom by simply adding a, uh, a can of tomatoes to her shopping cart which is which was clever and then he just removes it to to fix things but um, for me it like I start asking myself questions of like well why isn't he when he goes back and and changes things, why isn't that hopping to yet another 
universe, which I guess it kind of does. But like, the, yeah, it, it just gets like really, it gets really messy really quickly. And like, and like the, you know, the 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 climax is Young Barry going back in time over and over again, and yet we're not jumping over to different universes, which that's kind of like your opportunity. But you're always, yeah. you're always in the exact same fight with the exact same characters who, uh, who are always, you know, dying over and over again. So they're kind of like trying to have like, they're trying to play it like, like a straight time travel movie, but also a multiverse movie. And, and like the, they're not really, they're, they're jumping to, through to different rule sets whenever it's convenient. And I, I yeah. think that, that, that you know when the movie's logic breaks down like that that's when i start getting frustrated um and and i i, I kind of laugh because i i thought like you you were mentioning that the bowl of spaghetti was kind of like a clever metaphor and i and i felt like what batman was doing was showing us that we weren't meant to understand it here's a bowl of spaghetti that's what this movie is whatever <laughs> yes it's we should be no batman makes two spaghetti analogies raw spaghetti where he's got two solid sticks of spaghetti that pivot and make like you know two lines intersecting that was the part i liked then cooking the spaghetti so it's all wiggly googly and putting it in a bowl (laughs) i'm like okay now this doesn't make a goddamn like a sense (laughs) um yeah it's they they should have stuck with the raw spaghetti thing and then you could have had a lot of fun with this like idea that every change creates a pivot not a fork Mm-hmm. Um, but then they throw out pivot for hot mess yeah. and, and, and pivoting and hot messing are two very different things, Batman. And and hot messing is how this movie ends up unfolding. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's, uh, what do you, what do you guys have for things you liked about this? Because we all did say there were a few things we liked and I feel like we're just, oh, we're going to rag on us so hard. What, mm. give me one thing that did tickle you, uh, that you did enjoy about this flick. I did like seeing Michael Keaton Batman. Um, I thought it was, I didn't think it was well-earned. I didn't know that it was very well executed, but it was nice seeing Michael Keaton as Batman again. And he was played pretty consistently with the Batman from the eighties Batman movies too. Like I believed it was the same character. Um, And that maybe that's just it hitting me right in the right nostalgia button. But I, I enjoyed a lot of the stuff with him. Again, I don't know that it was well executed in the context of the movie, but it was nice seeing him suit up as a Batman again. I'll say that. Uh, also, Michael I, Keaton's a blast. Yeah. Uh, I was genuinely a fan of the sort of opening action scene with the babies falling out of the hospital. Each one uh, in more the, peril than the last. Yeah. And the sort of the game it created where he's got to eat because he's hungry. He can't move them too fast or they'll get jostled. And how he's going to like collect these babies and a dog and I think something else and a nurse all at once. It was just like a very well thought out scene. It was one of those great set piece action scenes of a movie that, that I think the comedy of it paid off kind of gave me like um, pirates of the Caribbean vibes of just like, here's an action scene that is all in the premise, not necessarily the like punches and kicks and choreo. Um, the joke that kind of no one thanked him and the Justice League are giving him the, the shit jobs. I, I, it got my hopes up pretty high. <laughs> That's maybe the only fault of that scene was then it set my expectations too high. But I thought that was a genuinely fun introduction to the character, his powers, his struggles, some comedy, some drama. Great opening scene. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I, 
I said off the top that I, I really enjoyed the Flash uh, or like Barry and his mom's relationship. And I think that that largely worked. Um, I also thought that um, when I was when I was watching the first third of this movie or or everything up until young Barry shows up, um, <laughs> I was really thinking like, man, you know, Ezra Miller reminds me a little bit of Shia LaBeouf. In the mm-hmm. in the sense that they are a very natural actor, you know, just like a lot of like raw talent. And I was thinking that th- of that, you know, through about two thirds of the movie <laughs> until we got to uh, Young Barry and the the choices that Ezra Miller was making for Young Barry. Uh, were so obnoxious and so irritating that I had started to think better about the talent <laughs> that, that <laughs> Ezra has. Well, so fair, but generally, like very, like off the top, I I I really liked their performance of uh, uh, of Old Barry, and um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's unfortunate that they've got such a, a you know a rough. I don't know what I want to say. It's unfortunate they're kind of they kind of suck. <laughs> yeah, the, they they like can't handle it. fame well. They can't hang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I was not as turned off by Young Barry as everybody else was, but I can see it. <clears throat> yeah, uh, I I think they were just trying to really like, you know, alternate timeline. This this person didn't have uh have to deal with a, a dead mom and a locked up dad, therefore. Young Barry is as obnoxious as any twenty-year-old you'll meet. That kind of tracked for me, and I, I, I appreciated how big they went with it. Um, but I also understand why everyone else hated it. But no shade for me on that one. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think that's a kind of that's kind of it for me for like the the good things. Um, yeah, because like even I think there might be like little moments here and there. Oh, it was it was generally funny. I'll say that. Yeah. Um. Most most of the time, jokes were pretty good. Um, I, I I just wish that when we got to see Michael Keaton play Batman again, that it didn't feel so hollow when they kept putting the old words in his mouth uh-huh, so that he could uh-huh. say the thing like like it you know when he says let hey you want to get nuts let's get nuts like that's that quote is so removed from its original context that it makes no sense in the context that he's saying it like i don't know it's just like it just uh there was a few there was a few different quotes that he that he had and it was just yeah uh even the i'm batman line like just felt pretty lame to me so i think it's unfortunate yeah it felt lame too because he goes yeah uh I'm Batman. And he, he he says it in a way where like it kind of makes sense in the scene, but there's this big pregnant pause so that mm. they can put it in the trailer. Mm-hmm. It also doesn't make sense because we've already established that Barry knew he was Batman and <laughs> Barry tells young Barry that he's Batman and they're sure. in his Batcave under his house. So the fact that it's this big reveal and young Barry is like, <gasps> it's like, what? We already, mm. we went over this five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this this may be a, a minor point, but like for some reason, when he started, when he was the one to explain them what was going on with the timeline, I I also felt that like that was kind of out of character for him because like, I don't does- <laughs> I don't think of 
Batman. Batman is, a is like a, like a well, yeah, just like as a scientist, like he's kind of like a detective, yeah. and like I'm sure he thinks critically and all that. Um, and maybe science is an interest of him. I, I suppose he's like an inventor. Or he's supposed to be. I don't know, but uh, I mean, I guess it depends on what version of Batman you're you call home. But I, I think it would have been very easy just to have you know as Barry and Barry or walking through his mansion just to have a quick little scene where he's like because he's he's old and he's bored because the gotham's yeah hasn't had much crime right so you know just have them walk through the library and he appears to have been reading all these science texts or whatever and then there you go <laughs> that way it makes yeah. sense when he <laughs> when you get to the 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 diner or the diner the what do you would you call that there the kitchen table. kitchen kitchen table yeah spaghetti the spaghetti hole mm-hmm. <laughs> i i think there's a, a great many criticisms we can levy against this movie and a great many of them that have probably also been hashed out in other sources we are here of course to fix this because i don't think it's unfixable uh so let's uh take a quick break and let's see if we can actually fix the flash I'd like to get more reading done, and joining a book club seems like a good idea, but I don't know. Why not? Reading a whole book in a month, that's pretty daunting. What if it was just a chapter, say a week? That doesn't sound too bad. Still, getting together with a bunch of people, that's a whole evening. Well, what if it was only half an hour, whenever you wanted to? That would be great. The Read Along, a mini book club for your ears. Join my wife, Anita. And my husband, Scott. As we take you on a journey through a good book, one one chapter chapter at at a time. time. Available right now on your podcatcher of choice. Welcome back to I Have Some Notes. Uh, we're going to fix The Flash. Uh, I've got a bunch of uh, notes, but I, I want to actually start this off with a question. In two branching timelines, as it were. Is anyone of the three of us going to pitch the fix? Don't put Batman and Superman and Zod in it at all. It's me. <laughs> I'm okay, I guess someone would, because frankly, that just solves a lot of problems if you don't try to multiverse it. Yeah, and just try to time travel it. Like Hit us with I, that, and then we'll fix what's on the yeah. page. I, I recognize we generally try not to do a page one rewrite, but this movie mm-hmm. was very wrongheaded from the start to try to mm-hmm. do to try to chase the multiverse uh, train that's that's already long long gone from the station. <laughs> um, and and then to also go back and use Zod again from like, oh, he's been in almost every DC movie. Bring in a new villain for God's sake. Especially because Barry Allen slash Wally West, the Flash, they have a famous rogues gallery of regular villains who they constantly cross paths with. And none of them have appeared on film. Like you could have had him go up against Captain Cold or Mirror Master or Top or uh, Abracadabra or the Trickster Gorilla Grodd. or Gorilla Grodd or Pied Piper. Like there's so many of them. And I think that that's what you do, because one of the things that superhero movies frequently fall into the into the problem of and some other some other long running properties do as well, is that you don't have to Dragon Ball Z it every time. Which is to say the stakes don't have to get higher and higher and higher and higher. Instead, the stakes can be deeply personal. The reason Mm -hmm. why Spider-Man Homecoming works so well, coming off of 
off of uh, Civil War, no less, for Spider-Man, he just tangled with some of the Avengers. He just hung with the big dogs, and then he comes home and has to stop the Vulture from doing a heist that is so under the radar that the Avengers can't even be bothered to pay attention to it. But it's deeply personal to Peter. It's a little friendly neighborhood Spider-Man adventure, and we're super invested in it because it, mm-hmm. it means something to him. And you could have done that here with Barry because he's got personal stakes. He's trying to get his dad acquitted. He's done his big, like, I helped save the world from doomsday or whatever. And now he's now he's back at home and he's now, like, kind of established as a superhero and he's just doing his own thing while trying to get his dad out of jail. And that could have been the movie. That could have been the movie we got. It would have been an opportunity to examine his character. It would have been an opportunity to introduce some of his rogues gallery. It would have been an opportunity for him to have a deeply personal but lower stakes adventure. And instead, they went so big that it actually falls apart. It could have been something it could have been something tight. It could have been something local. It could have been something personal. And it was none of those things. <laughs> Which so is weird because he what, saves his mom and it's still not a personal yeah. enough movie. <laughs> not personal. So I, I, I'm actually surprised. I think what you're suggesting, not only is there no Batman, Zod, whatever, there's no time travel. No, not even a little. I think you want him to like, you know, he's got, he's worried his dad's going into prison and there's too many of the rogues galleries he put in there. His yeah. dad's going to get lynched by Captain Cold. Well, it doesn't even need to necessarily like, be that because obviously he's got I a just secret pitched identity. an idea that didn't have time travel. Yeah. yeah. But like, but because he, he's still got a secret identity. So it doesn't need to be like, oh, all these guys I've thrown in prison are going to kill my dad. But I just pulled, I just pulled a, something out of my ass. No, that's, yeah. that's fair. But uh, I don't have a super refined story idea, except pit him against something lower stakes that is interfering with his ability to do the job of getting his dad acquitted so that he's torn between his personal desire to help his dad and his larger desire to be a hero. And to continue on and and to prove himself in a way to the Justice League, that he can do this on his own. And that could have been enough. And it would Mm -hmm. have been good. And then you get him have that happy ending. He beats the rogue or the couple of rogues, if you want to do a little team up, that he has to face off against. He he manages to get his dad acquitted. You don't have to do any time travel shenanigans. Batman just cleans up the footage and his dad gets off. Like, it's that's good enough. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. And and we get an opportunity to hang with this character who hasn't had his own solo movie yet. And we don't have to worry about it also being a Batman movie and it also being a Superman movie and us having to fight General Zod again. Yeah, like That's great. That's, See, and that's yeah. uh, It's a page one rewrite, which again yeah, is kind right. of against the spirit of our podcast. <laughs> but I, I think at the end of the day, that would have been the better starting point for this movie. That would have been the better choice. Uh-huh. You even have Captain uh, Boomerang on his rogues list, and that guy was super popular from Suicide Squad. Come on, people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, interesting. I thought you were going to pitch, yeah, like I uh, said, keeping the time travel, tra- time, <clears throat> excuse me, time travel element of it and just doing a more true time travel story with uh, superhero elements where he like he goes back and it didn't work the way he thought like real back to the future like yeah. oh he goes back and he makes this screwed up timeline so he goes somewhere else with the added fun that also every time he does it he you know changes some aspect of reality where now George Clooney's Batman or where now uh, a girl Zod shows up or you know whatever um, even that would have been better than this like you know why that would have been better 
because it would have been funnier. And the Flash yeah. is a funny character. And him constantly having to go back and change things again to get back to the right reality would have actually been a more interesting movie to me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's every time travel movie you've seen where they go back, didn't work, go back, didn't work, with this added benefit of the the pivot where now things are slightly different going into history as well as the future. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, could have could have been could have been fun. Um probably should have done that. So cool. <laughs> could have done that out of those. With the probably obvious fix out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, the obvious I, I fix of don't do any of this out of the way. <laughs> well I definitely hate to lose the uh the the mom berry relationship yeah. because I think that was the, the strongest. So I and I I I do I did really enjoy the, the subtleness of the of the tweak he made to uh to the past where he added a uh a can of tomatoes to her shopping cart therefore they don't forget the she didn't forget the tomatoes therefore her uh husband doesn't leave the house uh in order to go get the tomatoes um leaving her vulnerable i guess which i don't know um i was thinking about that too and it was like the the movie sort of just like glosses over the fact that like like just because the husband isn't home. She dies. And you just like, you know, mm-hmm. which, which I mean, if he, even if he was there, that doesn't necessarily mean the murderer wouldn't have just killed both of them. There's nothing about, yeah. uh, I don't know that, that there's so, there was something that about the that that mistake. just felt that there was something about that that just felt so patriarchal and the movie just kind of <laughs> like just glosses right over it. But yeah, um, uh, but I did like that subtlety. So, but I, I think you're right, Scott, that like removing Kara and Batman is probably the correct way to go uh, for this movie. It, it would also make the movie um, quite a bit shorter, uh, which I'm all for. Yep. And, you know, if you if you want to make a nice, tight, you know, flash action comedy, 90 minutes. That's where you want to hit in and out and <laughs> get it punchy. Yeah. Get it out in a flash, as it were. Um, I, I, I don't have. A whole lot of uh, fixes uh, outside of that. Um, this one was a tough one because there was there. There's a lot of like mixed and muddled ideas. Um, I wasn't, you know, as I said before, I'm not as big a fan of like how they approached time travel as, as maybe you guys were. But um, I, I just had a, a real struggle thinking about how you pull things apart. Um, and usually when I'm coming up with fixes i'm usually thinking about well what's the what's the heart of this movie and like the heart of this movie is fine <laughs> so yeah. it's just like getting rid of all of the sh- all the other shit that that that's, <laughs> that makes it would make it a, a better movie you know if it was it, yeah. like and I, and I liked your idea of like lowering the stakes quite a bit I, I think that that would help so if it's not like a world engine or something like that um you know if it's it, it could easily just be more of the Flash fighting younger Barry, who becomes evil, right? Uh, and and you know, like that would that would be enough for me. I actually do have kind of a pseudo pitch that this might be a, a good point to interject with, because um, I did have one idea for fixing the existing movie. Because I think that there was a very risky choice the movie didn't make uh, early on, which is when. Older Barry goes back to the past. He saves his mom. He comes back. He meets his younger self and realizes, oh, it's Flash Day. We need to go and get you zapped for powers. They go 
and they both get struck by lightning. And I think that the more interesting choice in this moment would be for older Barry to have died and young Barry to now be left on his own, realizing that older Barry's done something and he doesn't know what. And now he has to go and, and learn to be a hero without having his hand held the whole time. And he needs to figure out what old Barry changed so that he can change it back so that he can fix. Cause now things are starting to go wrong because mm. the, of the time travel thing. And he eventually comes to realize old Barry saved his mom. And in a heartbreaking realization, he realizes to save the world, he has to go back and stop old Barry from doing oh, it. I love that. And so good. And so he gets a full (laughs) character arc and he learns to become, and he, we get to see young Barry learn to become a hero. Um, And we get in a way the Flash's origin story. Yeah. And, and, and that would have been so much more interesting, you guys. (laughs) And it would have been so much riskier. That, that would make that the final scene so much more of a gut punch. Yes. Because, because this Barry gets to live with his mom being alive that whole time. So you, yeah. And, and we're going along with the ride, you know, presumably, you know, we're, we're going through the timeline, getting to the, you know, as he gets older and older and older, uh, you know, where he's still trying to, he's, he spent maybe years trying to figure this out. Um, and, and he's had that relationship with his mom the whole time. And then yep. to, to have to make that, that choice in the long run. That's yeah. That's so that, good. It's devastating. Yeah. And it, but it's in, he knows it's the right thing to do and it kills him to do it. And I think that that would have been the riskier choice. It would have been very deeply personal though. And it would have given us a chance to see young Barry grow on his own without just being there as old Barry's sidekick, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. It, and it it also solves the problem of well, number one, Barry goes and perfectly recreates the one in a once in a lifetime situation that turned him into the Flash the first time, and then goes and does it again with Batman's help to get his own powers back. And that at that point, I was like, so anybody can be the Flash. That we was just, my that's my fix. Like, honestly, I, <laughs> if I may now, that was my biggest <laughs> top of my list fix. You want to shave twenty minutes off this movie? Lose old Barry losing his powers. Because they don't do anything, they don't really do much of him training young Barry or having to just deal with the fact that now some other idiot has his powers. They don't do anything with that. And then the fact that he's like, I gotta get my powers back. Well, let me just recreate this freak once in a lifetime accident. And I had the exact same thought you did, Scott. It's like, well, so anyone can do it. Like, why doesn't Batman just set up a chemicals and lightning factory and yeah. make himself a uh, yeah why know. doesn't why doesn't batman give himself flash powers as well yeah. and then we can all have super speed yeah he thought about it because it, it he's like i don't think this is gonna work but i'll help you do it but then when it does work he's like yeah give me some of those chemicals i want to be the flash yeah <laughs> um so you just cut that cut that whole bit entirely uh have like really the only reason that scene exists is to give supergirl a reason yeah to realize that not all humans are bastards you can have it's a superhero movie. There's a million ways you can have her learn that Barry, Barry, and Batman aren't bastards. I mean, like, she can learn that by the fact that they saved her from a Russian gulag. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, Liam? A good way to cut that scene: kill old Barry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think your your pitch of like having having young Barry figure out what changed also plays into that thing we were talking about of like the time travel movie with all of these skewers, like then you, you get all those time travel tropes, but it's someone from out of time trying to figure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, 
like, what a surprise. Like the audience mm-hmm. would be like, what just happened? Old Barry's dead. Yeah. And now we have to follow young Barry trying to piece together what old Barry did. And we get, yep. you get the dramatic irony because we know what he did. Like, and you we, know and, and we know it's going to hurt young Barry to learn what he did. Like, oh, so good. And if, if that movie existed, you know, what actually would be a killer bit. The very last scene where George Clooney shows up and he kind of just has that same friend of the show, Robin Slack, had the same observation I did. We like almost said it at the same time. Um, the way this movie ends where Clooney shows up is kind of like that episode of Treehouse of Horrors where like they're eating with the lizard tongues and Homer's <laughs> like, eh, close enough. Close enough. <laughs> uh, so, but in your version or what we're pitching here, where like, you, you know, old Barry dies, young Barry's got to figure it out, young Barry's got to kill his mom. He gets it all set right and then. Oh shit, George Clooney's here. He didn't quite get it. And it's kind of a bit like a no, I'm still not. Go- it, I just think that would have actually been a funny scene and not extremely cringy and shitty. Uh, <laughs> also, again, it just anything, you know, show me Nicolas Cage, show not to keep harping on this, but as soon as I see Keaton and Clooney, it just reminds me that Val Kilmer is very sick. Oh, and that's man. not a fun way to remember, you know, oh yeah, at the end of this movie, you remind me that Kilmer. Can't walk. Cool. Thanks, movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was my big one. Was was yeah, just cutting that whole losing powers, getting them back nonsense. Um, that was my big one. But I have three like super quick little ones. If you'll indulge me, uh, first one is recast Zod. Uh, everyone else is a different actor. Why yeah. is Michael Shannon here? Sure, I'm okay with. That. So like, even if you don't want to, I mean, I think you're right. Don't fight Zod at all, but at least have girl Zod or like old black Zod. I don't or know, old, whatever. Old Terrence Stamp Zod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, or maybe a different guy comes on Zod Day. Maybe it's Grod Day, and this you know hyper intelligent mm-hmm. ape from mm-hmm. space is here to kick the shit out of it and find some Kryptonian he's got beef with. Whatever. I, I think uh, the way yeah. that Scott pitched it, it definitely opens up to like use pretty much anybody from the mm-hmm. Flash's Rose Gallery, right? It doesn't really it doesn't really matter what the threat is, you just need a threat. So it doesn't need to be Zod. Yeah. yeah. Uh another one here, uh, Amanda pointed this out when we were watching it. There's a needle drop during the big fight. It's like a raconteur song. Where the two berries are like working together, they're kicking ass. It's that, you know, fun needle drop scene where you're watching the hero go nuts and that's fine but then they also cut to supergirl and some of her action and her fighting well the needle drop still plays and like she's not having fun this isn't a fun team up hero moment for her this is like retribution and rage and so just like take any of her action away from the rack on tour song please it it undermined what she was doing by giving mm. her the same like yeah. needle drop dancing vibes Um, and I really hope this has some gravity when I tell you that I'm a huge Marvel fan and we'll watch all the Marvel movies. And if I'm going to say this, I really mean it. There was too much bathos. There was lots of genuine heartfelt moments. Sure. But for every genuine heartfelt moment, there were two or three that were undercut by a joke. Usually uh, young Barry's obnoxious (laughs) laugh. Um, too much bathos. Let moments breathe. Believe in your drama. All these movies need less less bathos. Agreed. Those are my fixes. Guys, I think we, we pitched a couple good fixes for this movie. Yeah. Whether it's a page one rewrite or just a few tweaks, there's there's so much to be done with this. Or or just some some riskier choices, even. Yeah. Don't play it safe. 
And because there's so much to pick apart, our listeners had no shortage of suggestions. Thank you to everyone who commented. Let's get into them. To start things off, Tack asks for some clarification. To be clear, no cans of gasoline or industrial paper shredders as a solution, right? I mean, that was kind of my first suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, based on the movie's box office, you might as well have done that. Yeah. Yeah, why of all the of all the things Warner Brothers is cutting for tax purposes, yeah. why wasn't this one of it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't want to give up on the one that had Keaton in it, I guess. I guess, yeah. Robin Taylor from Cinematological says, where do you start? The main thrust of the story is strong. Barry confronts the chance to change the past and save his parents, but it has disastrous consequences. The movie is deeply flawed due more to the execution and amount of reshoots and choice to use entirely animation in the action scenes. Yeah, Yeah. we didn't really touch on it because it's been harped on elsewhere, but the CGI in this movie is not finished. Yeah, it's it's really it's really unfortunate. It looks pretty much like Polar Express the whole way through. Um, there aren't very many convincing uh, special effects scenes at all, which is kind of crazy to say about a movie that's yeah. two and a half hours. Um, even mm-hmm. the movie, even the scenes in the opening scenes with um, Ben Affleck Batman, the the cape is very clearly. CGI when he's riding on his motorbike and like I'm like okay yep. <laughs> this is a problem. One of the the parts that kind of chat my ass was how often we see Barry in the Speed Force or like the Flash running and it's an animation of a figure running and not Ezra in a costume sprinting in front of a green screen. And I think that was a real missed opportunity. One, because then you have to pay some animators to animate a running sequence of a Flash 3D model. Uh, And the way the human body runs is very interesting, like, to look at. And so if you see him, he's, like, running at a a full speed. Great. It's it's an actor running the way you run, like, to exercise. And when he's trying to go back in time... It's like the way someone like sprints, the way someone like really puts one leg in front of the other and like flaps their arm. And if you could see, you know, the flash like like sweating and spitting and and running really hard the way someone who is running really hard runs with all of the CG flash stuff going behind him, it would have looked way better than this like evenly paced, jaunty, slow-mo nonsense (laughs) that we get. Like it. I yeah. Yeah, I I I think. Um, part of me appreciated that his his weird jaunt um, because um, it reminds me of like how you run on the moon or something like that. Like we have no idea what running in that speed would entail. So like they in I don't know, I, I think that they were trying to find a way of sort of like um, his his running to be sort of illustrated of that. That was my that was my t- my guess, but I could be entirely wrong. But it did lead to one particularly funny moment where old Barry thinks that he uh, has gotten his powers back and he starts running around the room and he does and he runs around the room in that slow jaunt thinking that he's going really fast but he's not so I did enjoy that joke it was a good joke and it kind of poked a little bit of fun at the at the way that they they do the uh, the run in in the flash so I don't know I I, I large I, I can agree with you too that like seeing seeing him actually just like really chug would be good too but I don't know yeah, 
the way they have it, it looks like he's cross country skiing, not yeah. running. Yeah. Yeah. Colin McIntyre says, I think if you remove the terrible Batfleck Batman, his costume makes me angry to look at. Uh, and over the top fan service, brown nosing Michael Keaton's Batman, you'd have an average ish movie. I mean, we that kind was of agreed. Definitely one of the worst bat suits I've ever seen. It was <laughs> awful. Yeah, the Michael Keaton Batman suit, though, looked pretty good. And I'm yeah. glad that they gave him the technology to move his head this time. Because <laughs> he famously couldn't in the original. He's had 30 years to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Andrew Craig commented, go back in time and tell them not to make it. Besides the obvious fix the CGI, it suffers from a crisis wink of being stuck between what's coming and what's come before. If there was a more definite direction, it would have stuck the landing better. I also would have made it more multiversal. It's cool they brought in Keaton, but then weird that they only relied on the DCEU Zod again mm. um i think that was my comment <laughs> why is it zod and scott's <laughs> comment again uh i would have liked an actual flash villain to have been in it yes mm-hmm. there's so many flash villains and none of them have shown up in a movie yet put in captain cold put in mirror master do something and put yeah gorilla grod <laughs> like okay to be fair a lot of the va- the flash villains are very stupid like even more stupid than batman villains but you could do a, find a cool way to make it like interesting and relevant or funny and interesting like um like most of the suicide squad yeah the flash is a quippy hero he's he's played for laughs he's he's a clown you can mm-hmm. have him go up against an equally silly villain and there still be stakes and there still be action and there still be danger. Yeah. And they're even though they're both a pair of jerk asses wise assing at each other. Deadpool does it. Like yeah. you can do that. I think also if you embrace the silliness, I'm thinking of um in Across the Spider-Verse with the spot. Like they that is mm-hmm. an inherently very silly villain, but by the end of the movie, he is terrifying. So like there's there's ways of of doing it um that even if the character is kind of silly, um you can you can make it uh you know have a lot of high drama and um and have a lot of fun at, it at the same time. Absolutely. Uh Stew World Order says recast Ezra. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> that- um, I don't think anyone's <clears throat> jonesing to see them in any more movies. And that's, yeah. 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 There were calls to recast Ezra even before this movie got made. And there were a lot of people who were stunned that they weren't considering the legal trouble that they were in at the time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the recovered podcast says maybe we're just spitballing here. When all the universes collide, we could have seen some more alternate flashes. <laughs> Uh, the guy in this, the guy this movie is about instead of a bunch of alternate Superman with no other Superman has been in the movie. I mean, it's yeah. not like there was a long running flash series that you could have pulled from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's, it's, they could have showed other flashes, other, other works. Or like I said, I would have rather have just seen, you know, mustache universe, hot dog finger universe, you know, caveman universe, whatever. Right. Like it. Yeah. Have some actual fun with the concept of a multiverse. Don't remind me of movies that may or may not even exist. Yeah, this is very similar to the conversation we had in the Doctor Strange episode where, um, you know, they did do some fun multiverse stuff, but not nearly enough. But, uh, you know, whereas this one's none. None. Do a Doctor Strange amount. Absolutely not. Yes. (laughs) At least have five minutes where we get to explore the interesting world of multiverses. 
<laughs> I've never thought I'd be like, this movie needs less Batman and more Pizza Papa, but here we are. <laughs> this uh, I was not expecting to come out of this movie going, please be more like Doctor Strange in the multiverse <laughs> of madness. Yeah. It's really, <laughs> holy shit. Uh, Derek Mirren says, and we're not supposed to do a page one rewrite? Uh, I mean, I think we, we did pitch kinda. one. Kinda. <laughs> we bent the rules. I, we didn't break it. <laughs> I just don't think there's a version of the Flashpoint story that could have been satisfying. In my opinion, the lesson of no matter what you do, you can't savor is antithetical to the superhero genre. It'll always be wrong, though this version is especially overcooked. Just watch Looper instead. Do you yeah. guys have a, a time travel movie you want to recommend? Mine's Coherence. If you haven't seen Coherence, it's great. If you want to cook your noodle, go watch Primer. Mm -hmm. Uh, that one's that one's pretty convoluted and layered and benefits from a rewatch and it's it's pretty hard science time travel i i recommend it uh palm springs i love it i love those good good old time loop ones yep good old time loop movie and of course i mean back to the future the classics oh yeah yeah goes without saying Danny G says, it's crazy that for the first Flash movie, they did Flashpoint, a company-wide crossover. Crazy. The first Flash movie should have been him fighting the turtle while Leonard Snart steals a cold gun. Captain Cold. Yeah. Needed more of Kara. She was key to young Barry's arc and needed more time to get to know her. <laughs> also, maybe Zod fight could have had some amount of backdrop. I, I I know nothing about the Flash, so these names are hilarious. <laughs> like just like, the fact that Scott keeps enthusiastically telling you Captain Cold, whereas I'm Team Gorilla Grodd. No, but like <laughs> the Leonard Snart made me laugh quite a bit. <laughs> Trickster, Weather Wizard, Top. Come on, there's so I mean, you ones. could you could be literally just like uh, bullshitting me and just like <laughs> Abracadabra. Yeah, oh he my. comes from the future. There's time travel right there. Cody commented, I think the easiest note is to not adapt Flashpoint. Arguably his most popular story, but what makes it exciting doesn't necessarily have to do with the Flash. Yeah, that's that's something that a couple people have brought up at this point. It's it's just don't go with the big the big Flash crossover thing right off the bat. There's a reason why Avengers works is because they spent they took the time to lay the pipe for that. Mm-hmm. And you 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 don't just start with Avengers. You build up to it, and this movie, the, yeah. How bonkers the very is least, it that, like in twenty twenty three, we're still saying that about DC movies? <laughs> That's fucking wild. Still haven't learned their lesson. Yeah, yeah. the 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 Flashpoint storyline is the next Justice League movie, not the first Flash movie. Yes. Uh, we got a couple more comments. They're a little longer, so please uh, humor me if I truncate them, but do uh, to the, the folks we're about to quote. Thank you for commenting nonetheless. Uh, Two Idiots and a Dog says, does Scrap It and Release Batgirl instead count? <laughs> yeah, how do, how is this not a text write-off? I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, But more seriously, outside of the issues surrounding Ezra Miller, the other major problem with The Flash is that it's just another example of WB trying to copy the MCU's success without putting in the work to get there. What we literally just said, yeah. 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 Uh, Nathan Martin uh, brings us home with, I mean, this was messy, but I still had fun with it. It's always difficult with stories like this because the answer is always just go further back in time and fix it there. Then add the multiverse timelines to it and it gets a little messy. Take 
out reverse flash or Barry go to his mom's timeline where things are different. I think that having Kara is a good idea as that timeline Superman. Yeah, there's some clever stuff in there. It's just it's all it's it's a jumble. It's it's a bowl of spaghetti. Yeah, I mean, none of those, like, I, I when it gets to the film's conclusion, like, I I don't, I did not care that both Batman and Kara bought it. Like, yeah. I there, I didn't, I didn't know enough uh, about them. Um, and I, I just, yeah, it was like, okay, I guess they're dead. That's fine. And like, they, yeah, it like, uh, Batman's death scene is particularly unearned. And yeah, <laughs> um, they, uh, Supergirls could have worked had they, had they spent a lot more time with her. There's a couple scenes in this movie where characters die in someone else's arms and the actor gives real, like, Bleh, I'm dead and then falls <laughs> over face. Like, on two separate occasions, we laughed out loud of someone just being like, <laughs> and then like eyes roll back in their head and they go limp like, oh no I seem to have died <laughs> uh, but that it concludes this episode on The Flash thank you uh, for listening thank you for commenting and of course thank you for following us on facebook.com slash I have some notes on twitter at I have some notes on instagram at I have some notes pod and joining our discord server thank you for that wait you haven't done those things yet well what are you waiting for well, at least you've subscribed, rated, and reviewed on Apple, Google, or your favorite podcast app. God damn it, you haven't even done that either? <laughs> Come on. Come on. But thank you to those who have. Yeah, we also have recently set up shop on Blue Sky, if you've got one of those one of those tasty Blue Sky invites sitting around. Uh, <laughs> if you, you want can some also, invites, we can give you some. <laughs> we, we have a couple, yeah. Uh, you can, of course, also head over to patreon.com slash I have some notes right now, because we appreciate your monthly financial support, because it helps us keep the lights on around here. Uh, you can dive on in with that and get a little bit of extra content, a little bit of early content, and uh, yeah, maybe, maybe some more bonuses down the road we're we're still kind of figuring that out yeah and one good blockbuster episode deserves another so uh, in two weeks we'll be taking on indiana jones and the dial of destiny i've actually yeah (laughs) i've actually been looking forward to to watching this one even though it's got middling reviews i i I really want to see where they went with it yeah i think this one is right in our wheelhouse for a very fixable uh middle of the road film yeah. Hopefully. Uh, until then, I've been Liam Kreswick. I'm Scotty Bourgeois. And I'm Greg Beaver. Keep watching the skies. For Zod. For Zod.